everyone. Welcome to the In the Cordon Test Series review of Australia and India. The Border Gavaskar Trophy ended with India winning the series 2-1. To go through the results of the Test match, India won by innings and 132 runs in Nagpur, won by six wickets in Delhi. Australia ended up coming back in Indoor and won the Test match by nine wickets. And unfortunately, the last test in Ahmedabad was a draw due to a lifeless pitch. Joining me to discuss the major test points from this test series is Legends with Bevo star, Bevan Jones. Bevo, how are you going, mate? <laughs> yeah, what an introduction. Great to be on, mate. Thank you so much for inviting me. And you absolutely nailed it there, mate. Um, unfortunately, the fourth test, there was so much excitement about it, but it just ended up being pretty sour in the end, didn't it? Yeah, it was pretty disappointing. Um, give me a dust bowl That's with a game that's done in three days over what I spent the last five days watching, unfortunately. It kind of reminds me of one of the pitches in uh, Pakistan um, that the Australians had when they went over for the recent test series um, there last year. But, oh, well, unfortunately, it's over now. Not the result that Australia was after, but Overall, it was a entertaining test series. Let's just say that. How do, how do you sum up the series, Bevo? Yeah, obviously there's um, positives and negatives about it. We'll talk in a moment about our disappointment and complete schmozzle of dropping Travis Head for that first test and didn't he well and truly make him look silly after that. But uh, yeah, obviously Todd Murphy... What an amazing situation or amazing series he had. What a story. Seven wickets in his first test. And um, he's certainly going to be one to watch in the future. And obviously, we've got Nathan Lyon, the GOAT. <laughs> How many more years he goes, who knows? But um, yeah, it's certainly exciting times ahead, knowing that we've got guys like Todd Murphy and and Matty Kuhneman as well in the side. Um, you know, showed some really good promise there. Uh, and Uzi Kawaja, he was one of one of the real highlights and shining lights of the series as well. Great to see him. He's been in such great form the last sort of twelve to twenty four months after being dropped, uh, and a lot of people thought his career his career was over. So the way he's turned things around, and um, I'll tell you what, Cal, I don't know if you've seen the test documentary, the uh, the second version of it, but he, I just loved Uzi. His attitude on that and everything about him was just fantastic, and it's a credit to him. Uh, and so yeah, they were probably some of the shining lights. And again, we spoke about Travis Head off air before. Um, we'll speak about him a bit later on, and. And that sort of him being dropped in that first test. But yeah, it was really good to see Trav bounce back after his dropping and, and show how good he was. And, um, you know, that's just shows how much character the guy has as well, doesn't it? To be dropped. I mean, uh, there's a lot of talk that he was pretty disappointed with being dropped, understandably. But the way he just, you know, the way he just bounced back in that second test and, and the whole series really was a credit to him. And, such a shame he didn't get that century he deserved in that last test match. Yeah, well, there's lots of uh, talking points from this series. As you mentioned, um, Usman Khawaja, outstanding. Um, Nathan Lyon, the GOAT, he, he was phenomenal, um, you know, in the top wicket takers for the series. Um, obviously, a couple of debut- debutants as well and surprising selections. So let's talk about the first test in Nagpur. So, Unfortunately, Australia lost by an innings and 132 runs. But the main highlight um, for Australia in that test match was Todd Murphy, who took seven wickets on debut. From an Indian point of view, Rohit Sharma hit a very impressive 120. And that was pretty well 
the innings that took the game away from Australia. Um, and Ravindra Jadeja, um, oh. geez, he's classy <laughs> with the ball. Um, Last uh, part in the Aussies, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He averages uh, 18, or before the series, he averages 18 against Australia uh, with the ball and previously got Steve Smith out four times in test cricket from memory. So um, he knows how to play against the Aussies and obviously those turning tracks in India really suit him. But Bevo, we discussed Travis Head. The selection for the first test really baffled me. Um, no issues with picking um, the top four. However, Matthew Renshaw was picked at five. Peter Hanscom at six. Now, Peter Hanscom at six actually made sense for me at the time, immediately when Cameron Green was ruled out of the test Agreed. match with, with that broken finger because Hanscom actually plays spin really well. He knows how to use the crease. He can get down the wicket, but he can also get really deep in that crease, okay, to play off the back foot, um, particularly through the point and backward point region. But how do you sum up Travis Head getting dropped because immediately when Pat Cummins said at the toss that he wasn't playing, I thought he was injured. I didn't think he was dropped. What you, What were your thoughts about that? <laughs> I think the whole of South Australia and Australia was in complete shock and it was great to see people from the eastern states for a change actually backing us South Aussies. <laughs> Doesn't happen very often, Cal. But uh, no. yeah, no. Yeah, he was... Absolutely stiff as probably one of the most dumbest decisions I've ever seen in, in test cricket. I mean, I know he's has his form overseas, particularly in the subcontinent, isn't anywhere near as good as what it's been in Australia. And But the guy's coming off an unbelievable 12 to 24 months. And I think he's won a couple of players of the series here in Australia. And um, he showed with those uh, the rest of those three tests, how good he can be, even even overseas against some of the best bowlers in the world, um, the likes of Ashwin and what have you, and Jadeja, as we spoke about before. So, yeah, it's absolutely baffled me. And Renshaw, uh, I, I know he can play a bit, but there's no way that he's a better player than Travis Head. And I agree about Hanscom. He had a pretty good summer with Victoria and deserved his spot, but there's no way that the Ren should have been should have been picked ahead of Trav. So I found that really baffling. And just because a guy hasn't had hasn't got the best record um, playing overseas, you don't drop him for a Test match. And um, you know that was just completely and utterly stupid. So and a lot of people agreed <laughs> with with that, that. You know, in terms of that selection. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad he came out and and showed him how how wrong that decision was. Yeah, getting back to that point on Matthew Renshaw, um, I actually really like him as a player. Um, I think he is Australia's long-term opener once Kawaja and Warner um, decide to to move on. But um, I think it was the right decision to take him on the tour. It wasn't the right decision to play him ahead of Travis Head. I know they really liked or wanted to play him because he can, you know, um, he played really well in India when he went in 2017 as a 20-year-old. Um, but I don't think um, that was the right decision. Um, so talking about Todd Murphy now, seven wickets on debut. Um, do you think now that he is Nathan Lyon's immediate successor when the GOAT does give up test cricket? It's a really good question, Cal. I mean, obviously, Kuhneman didn't... He surprised a lot of people the way, as well as Murphy. Um, at, at the moment, if you were to, to choose someone and so say Nathan Lyon could go, couldn't go over to England for some reason because he's injured, 
I think it would be between Murphy and Kuhneman and and maybe Murphy just ahead. But, gee whiz, uh, it's exciting that those two guys are the future. And um, obviously, Mitch Swepson's a, a really good bowler as well. And I don't feel as though he's had the opportunities he deserves with his record for Queensland over a number of years. And, and then, of course, you've got the forgotten man himself, who I still can't believe that they even sent him over, Ashton Agar. Why send a guy over and then not play him? Like, talk about a kick in the guts and then selecting these other guys ahead of him and, um, you know, sending Kuhneman over and, and dropping Agar when he didn't even get to play a match. So, anyway, some of the selections were a, a bit baffling. But, um, yeah, I think in terms of the, the future ahead, um, once Lyon does retire, I think there's some yeah, very exciting players there in the wings and we've seen how good Murphy and Koeman were over there in, in India on some pretty tough conditions. I think Murphy um, will be the successor to Nathan Lyon now after this series. For 22, he's got some pretty handy tricks up his sleeve. Um, so you go, you quite... go ahead of uh, him ahead of Koeman? Yeah, I would personally go yeah. Murphy ahead of Kuhneman. I think that he's shown in Australia that he's able to bowl with that sort of bounce and that over-the-top action, whereas in India, he's more bowling it like this, where you try and get more of that side spin aspect rather than the the bounce that Nathan Lyon traditionally tries to get. And obviously there were times in the series where Nathan Lyon used his bounce to really good effect. Um, but I think Murphy has a game for all conditions. I really like Kuhneman and what he brought to the Australian team during this test series. But uh, let's say we were playing in England and I had the choice of only one spinner. I'd probably be going with Murphy at this stage. I would love to see Mitch Swepson get an opportunity in test cricket in Australian conditions because, as you mentioned, his record for Queensland was sensational and he's basically been around the Australian team for four years um, and showed some really good promise. Obviously, like those pitches in Pakistan, they were dreadful for test cricket. (laughs) Um, Just not a good contest between bat and ball. Like the, the wickets in Sri Lanka did turn and he did take a few wickets, but... The left-arm spinner, Jai Surya, he ended up taking 11 wickets in that second test match in goal, whereas Swepson maybe only took four or five in that game from memory. So, you know, they were probably hoping for a bit more from Swepson, particularly in Sri Lanka, more so in Pakistan. But um, that's, you know, when Nathan Lyon does retire, I think those three will be firmly... um, in the mix for that. One of the things that I did want to talk to you... I was going to ask you about Agar, sorry, mate, as well. Your thoughts on on that? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like they just hung the bloke out to dry. Um, He didn't bowl bowl well in Sydney. Um, It was not a great advertisement for him, and I think that genuinely scared the selectors. Um, I actually was pretty big on Kuhneman prior to... Agar getting selected for that Sydney test match. And um, I know that, you know, Swepson um, and Agar were probably the two that were most talked about before going to India. Obviously, the idea of Todd Murphy was floated around, but those were genuinely the two that people go, yeah, those two are going to India. Um, yeah, but he apparently the didn't bowl fantastically in the nets, just wasn't able to 
bowl a consistent length in that Sydney test match. And I feel like that's what really scared the Australian selectors into going with Todd Murphy um, for that first test match and then eventually bringing Kuhneman into the squad once Mitch Swepson went home for the birth of his child. So, um, yeah, I feel yeah. really bad for Agar, but um, I is, think Is that the that last we've seen of him, you think? Or because he's not getting younger? In test cricket, I reckon it is, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think he's certainly got a future in the white ball formats for Australia um, with the 50 over World Cup coming up um, in October and November this year. I think he's going to be a vital part. And I actually think that Todd wouldn't be surprised if Todd Murphy ended up sneaking into that one day international World Cup squad in October. Mm-hmm. I think the way that he's bowled for the Sixers in the Big Bash um, has been quite outstanding um, and obviously he's proved that he can bowl in India during this test series and in this test match I'm pretty sure he bowled about 45 50 overs um, which is a massive workload for an off spinner Nathan Lyon bowled 65 um, in that <laughs> first inning so that's that's pretty he- pretty hectic I'd rather be off the field in 65 overs uh, <laughs> if they weren't if they weren't out in 30 overs before tea I was generally pretty disappointed as an opening batsman um, <laughs> Bevo, let's move to the second test a little bit more specifically now. Um, we were actually in front of the game um, at the halfway point. Uh, Travis Head played really well opening the innings with Usman Kawaja at the top of the order. Uh, made a quick fire 43. Got out the next morning, unfortunately. And that started a massive collapse for Australia, which consisted of losing eight wickets for 28 runs. And a lot of them, uh, a lot of the shots, or a lot of the dismissals, I should say, were due to the sweep shot. So, how how do you sum that up? I remember watching this and thinking that it was a nightmare, a bad dream. Um, and then when it was all over, I got myself a beer because I couldn't believe what I just watched. <laughs> Pretty much summed up exactly my thoughts, mate. And um, as much as I love Alex Carey. Just playing a reverse sweep is not a good look when your team's in all sorts of trouble. And unfortunately, he was one of the real disappointments of that series for me. Like, um, had a you know a really good series, um, you know, against South Africa and against the West Indies, and obviously scoring his debut Test match. But um, for me, yeah, I was really disappointed with the way he went about it, and. He, he's a great player, no doubt about it, and I hope he keeps his spot. I'm pretty sure he's keep his spot for England, but, um, yeah, he's certainly reverse sweeping like that when your team's in all sorts of trouble is not a good look, and the same as a skipper as well. They they try and do these sweeps and stuff. I had no idea what they were trying to do when you you basically got to just play defensively um, and stem the flow, and I really didn't understand the, the tactics there that the Aussies, when... Like you mentioned earlier, when Uzi and Travis Head were going along so well, just needed a, some steady heads there, and it was just a complete and utter. It's pretty much uh, that. That was probably the turning point of the series for me. Like, if if Australia had, you know, made a reasonable score, then we could have actually won and equaled the series. But um, yeah, that was just an absolute disaster. And I mean, it's a credit to the Aussies that they won that third test. But yeah, that was just so disappointing. Yeah, I think the um, disappointing fact was Peter Hanscom made 72 not out in that first innings and pretty well showed them how to bat on that wicket. And But none of them 
decided to use that particular method. And Usman Khawaja, he made 81 in that first innings in Delhi, um, got out to a reverse sweep and a pretty spectacular catch by KL Rahul. Um, but, yeah, I understand for someone like Khawaja, it is his shot. But for for Smith, it's not his particular shot. Unfortunately, Pat Cummins, I know he's having a terrible time at the moment mm. with his family situation and our thoughts are with his family. But, you know, yeah. unfortunately, he didn't play well in the Test Series, particularly with the bat as well. And you'd be hoping a bit more leadership from your captain at, at that time. Um, yeah, but just super, super disappointing. And the series was, was lost on basically 30, 45 minutes of cricket. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And and do you sort of agree with me about Alex Carey though? I know we're both proud South Aussies and and love our Redbacks and and seeing our SA boys going well. But he had a really disappointing series, didn't he? Like I probably would have given him a two or three out of ten overall. I thought he actually kept really well in this series. But if we're p- purely talking from a batting perspective, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just not not good. I think he made a couple of thirty odds in that first um, test match in Nagpur um, looked really comfortable with the sweep, but unfortunately just lost all confidence with the bat. And we saw that with his dismissal in Ahmedabad in the fourth test, just skying one straight up in the air, not giving himself a chance to get in on what was definitely the best wicket of the series for batsmen. Um, it was yeah. unfortunate that he wasn't able to cash in, as you mentioned, you know, getting his debut test hundred against South Africa on boxing day. You know, um, I thought he was in for a really good series, play spin quite well. But um, I do think he's under a little bit of pressure with England. Um, I still think he'll keep his spot, but um, I would expect Josh Inglis to be selected on that tour as well yeah. as the backup wicketkeeper um, for the World Test Championship and the and the Ashes as well. But uh, let's talk about Usman Khawaja. Um, ended up finishing the series with over 300 runs. Of, uh, made 180 in the last test match, which was just an outstanding knock. It was re- such a shame he couldn't get to 200 considering how the rain affected him um, in Sydney and affected the team's push to try and, you know, qualify, win that test match and qualify the for the World Test Championship before going to India. Um, but, yeah, how did, how did you see Kawaja's series and um, do you think he's in for a good series in England as well? Yeah, very, very different conditions over there, obviously, England versus India. Um, Spin-friendly in India versus very much a, a seam-friendly pitches over there in England, uh, the ball going all over the place. And um, interesting to see how a left-hander goes against the likes of Broad and Anderson, who generally left-handers are the bunnies <laughs> of those guys. And uh, and I know they're getting on in age, but, gee, wouldn't they just love to beat Australia one more time? And Jimmy Anderson's still one of the best bowlers in the world. And I think he was recently rated as number one in the world. So he's not getting any worse, almost like a, a good red wine cow. He just keeps better with that, keeps getting better with age. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Uzi goes over there. And um, I'm not that I'm comparing David Warner to Uzi by any means, but we saw how much Warner struggled last time over there in England. And there's been a long period of time now where the left-handers have struggled in England. So with the moving ball. So, yeah, it's going to be a big challenge for Uzi. I'd love to see 
him continuing on that same form as has how he's been playing in Australia and then obviously in India. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a real test for him to see how he goes and, and definitely a big test for the Aussies as well. Um, couldn't get too tough a test really, India at home and then England at home. Yeah, 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 absolutely right. I thought Kawaja played really well in the series and even when we weren't doing so well, he was the one batsman who was standing up for us. Um, I thought him and Hanscom in those early test matches um, showed Australia how to bat on those wickets. Um, Kawaja used his reverse sweeps to really good effect. He did get out, but I look at it as he scored this many runs using that shot before he got out. Um, obviously, it doesn't look great when you get out in that particular fashion, but the aim of the game is to score runs. And we've seen in the Australian summer, you know, he was able to sweep and reverse sweep the spinners really well. Um, obviously, not the same calibre of spinners as Ashwin, Zujaja and Axar Patel. Um, but I thought Kawaja was outstanding in this series. Um, and then obviously was able to get that 100, considering... A uh, bit like Travis Head, they thought his technique would not hold up in subcontinent conditions, but we've seen Kawaja be able to transform his game. And I think that 144 against Pakistan in 2018, uh, when the test match was played in Dubai, it was the first series post uh, Sandpaper Gate, um, the way he was able to bat for close to two days to get a draw for Australia showed that he can really bat on these subcontinental wickets. Um, Bevo, let's talk about Nathan Lyon, the GOAT, uh, finished the series with 20-plus wickets uh, and ended up taking his second career best figures of 8 for 64, previous best of 8 for 50 against India as well in Bangalore. But in... um, Indoor, he was able to take eight for 64, which is a phenomenal effort. Um, He was under a little bit of pressure after that first test match and Todd Murphy kind of took the spotlight away from him. Um, But how do you see the series for Nathan Lyon? Um, Because I thought him and Kawaja were obviously our two best players. Yeah, just he's living up to that nickname of the GOAT, isn't he? (laughs) Because he's just, we sort of feel as though you know, he's not getting any younger as well. And how many, how many more years has Nathan Lyon got? But the way he's playing at the moment, Cal, he could still go for another three or four years and still be at his absolute best. And, yeah, he was brilliant over there in India. I know the conditions favoured spinners, as I've spoken about, but he was just fantastic. And and like you said, probably him and Kawaja were two of the highlights as, as well as, um, to a lesser extent, Todd Murphy. Um, so, yeah, it's really good to see. And um, I think... So having the guys like Murphy and Kuhneman in the side as well probably helped the GOAT um, maybe put a little bit of pressure on him as well and thought, okay, got a couple of young bucks here that are going all right. I better better show my stuff. And didn't he just show his stuff and come out with that eight for like you mentioned? So, yeah, he was terrific. And, um, yeah, still got a long way to go in his career, I reckon. Yeah, um, valid points there on the GOAT there, Bevo. Um, there's a question I actually didn't prepare you for prior to this interview. Now, unfortunately, Pat Cummins had to go home um, during the test series. um, And unfortunately, his mother, uh, Maria, did pass away. um, And our thoughts are with the Cummins family, obviously. But um, Steve Smith Smith stepped in for the third and fourth test matches. He'll also be stepping in for the ODI series as well, which starts on Friday. Do you think Steve Smith should return to captaincy full-time? Because with five pretty well back-to-back test matches coming up, 
Um, I think it's going to be pretty hard for Pat to play play all five tests. Um, do you think that Steve Smith could resume the captaincy full-time or do you think he'll continue as that kind of fill-in and backup option? It's a really good question, isn't it? Obviously, Pat's going to need a fair bit of time to, to get over what he's been through in recent times. And um, and as you mentioned, we're playing against England on their conditions. It's gonna it's the toughest test other than going to India. So, yeah, he's going to need a fair bit of time to get back to his absolute best. Um, and having that captaincy is probably not something that makes life easy for him. And um, even though he did a really good job as skipper, I, I love the way Steve Smith skippers Australia. And a lot of people come out and say, yeah, the whole sandpaper gate issue, blah, blah, blah. But I think everyone's forgiven him for that. We all make mistakes. And the way he led Australia in his last couple of test matches was nothing short of sensational. And, yeah, I'd, I'd 100% love to see him as skipper again. And and why not? What about yourself? Yeah, I've personally been a big believer that Steve Swift should have been captain as soon as Tim Payne, um, unfortunately, left the Australian team. Um you know, he knew how to do the job. Um, I feel like it would have been a great redemption story following. I know he had his big redemption in England 2019, um, but, you know, I feel like there's enough time that's passed since um, Sandpaper Gate for him to resume the captaincy properly. And I still think David Warner should be allowed to captain Australia um, if he wanted to in any of the formats. I know he got a lifetime ban, but uh, I think it's more than been more than enough time for people to get over what happened in South Africa. And as you said, people are, you know, we're humans. We all make mistakes. Uh, yeah. Their mistakes just happen to be broadcast on live TV around the world. Um, Bevo, <laughs> yep. during this, um, following the very close finish between New Zealand and Sri Lanka in Christchurch, uh, it was confirmed that Australia and India would play in the World Test Championship final at the Oval starting on the 7th of June. Um, how do you see that contest between Australia and in- India in English conditions? Because... I feel like it's going to be a great way to determine who, which team is better. Um, I know we drew with England a few years ago and um, India recently drew their series, split across 2021 and 2022 due to COVID outbreaks um, in the team, um, the Indian team. But how do, how do you see that contest with the Dukes Bowl? It's a really, really good question again, Cow. I actually think the Aussies will go in favourites um, purely because, you know, we've got better seamers than what India do and we play those conditions in England a little bit better than them. Obviously, if, if it was being played in Australia or India, probably back India at the moment, um, the way they're going. But uh, over in England, I, I think it's Australia's got a real chance, especially if Pat Cummins can be up and about um, you know, Scotty Boland's Hazelwood, if Hazelwood can be fit and ready to go, Stark can get back to his best, then, and, and and maybe even Cam Green could be another one who could actually play pretty well in those conditions. I think the Aussies can actually, some might say, cause an, cause an upset. But, uh, yeah, I reckon we can, we can beat India over there in England. And yourself? Yeah, I personally think that Australia would be favourites going into that test match. Uh, one of the big reasons for me that I think Australia would be favourites at this current time would be the fact that Jasper Brumwa 
will not be available for India until around August in a bid to get him ready for the 50 over World Cup. Uh, he's Ooh, gone in for that's more a back big su- loss. He's gone in for more back surgery, so he'll miss the IPL unfortunately for Mumbai Indians, um, and he'll miss um, some more cricket in the lead up to getting him ready for that 50 over World Cup. So. I know that Mohamed Siraj and Mohamed Shami are, are really good seam bowlers, but just that third seam bowler for India, whether they decide to go with Umesh Yadav or one of the other quicks that's been floating around their ODI squad, they've got heaps of players to pick from, but um, Jasper Bumra is just by far the best of those bowlers. Um, oh, well, world class, top three in the world, I reckon, in my opinion. And all formats as well, he's definitely top three. But particularly in test cricket, um, he's very deadly if he gets the ball swinging and with those Yorkers as well. Uh, Bevo, let's address the elephant in the room, David Warner. (laughs) Now, I'm of the firm belief that he will go to England. Whether they choose to pick him is a different story. You'd be a brave man to drop him because... I feel that once you drop a player like David Warner, you drop him for good. You never pick him again. Um, Do you see a world where he potentially plays the World Test Championship final and then if he doesn't score any runs, he doesn't play that first test at Edgebaston? What would you think about David Warner? Yeah, personally, I actually wouldn't take him to England at all. I, I feel as though we've got the players now... Um, his record last time, I know we spoke earlier about Travis Head being dropped and and don't, you, you don't always look at previous series. Um, you look at you know, obviously the future and how they've been going in recent times, but Warner hasn't been exactly setting the light on the world on fire. And um, his series last time over there in, in England was absolutely horrible. And, um, you know, Travis Head's shown that he can open – we spoke about this a little bit earlier. Maybe Renshaw or Bancroft could open and then head drops down to five. I, I don't know if we need Warner. I really don't. Um, I know it might not be a popular thing, thing for me to say because a lot of people love him, but I feel as though we did pretty well without him over there in India and, and him going home was almost a blessing in disguise. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a really interesting point and I'll put up something not long ago on social media about it. And I was actually really surprised that a lot of people agreed with me that they they wouldn't take him over and take take Bancroft, Henry Hunt, or, you know, Marcus Harris is doing well over there in England at the moment and got really good. Although he didn't do that well in England in the past, he has, you know, got pretty good record over there and does play the swing and ball pretty well. So yeah, they've got quite a few options to replace Warner. Um, so I'd be very interested to see what happens yeah, personally, I wouldn't play him in the World Test Series, but um, yeah, it's still a fair way away. So between now and then, because I, I don't know whether he'll play Sheffield Shield for New South Wales or what sort of practice he'll have in the lead up to the World Test Championship, though, Cow. Uh, well, he'll he's actually in the ODI squad, which begins on Friday. Um, and then okay. post that series, he's straight off to the Delhi Capitals for the IPL. So there's not much turnaround time between the end of the IPL and the start of the World Test Championship final. Mm. So there's only about a week between them. So he's going to be playing some full-on cricket. Um, And as I mentioned to you off-air, I kind of think that injury to his elbow kind of saved his career because 
he wasn't going particularly well no. in those first two test matches. Um, and I felt like if that continued, there might have been a possibility that he couldn't have played um, in either indoor or Ahmedabad. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a waiting game. I still think he goes. Whether he gets picked is a different story. And we've mentioned Cameron Bancroft scored over 700 runs in the Sheffield Shield for this season um, and four centuries as well. So he would be the person that I would suggest would replace Warner if they decided not to pick him. I still think they'd probably give him um, the World Test Championship, the first and the second test of the Ashes. Um, But then if he's not scoring runs and the series is... Um, you know, up for grabs, I feel like that's where they do make that change. And as I said, once you drop a guy like Warner, I think you drop him for good. Um, Bevo, let's talk about what your predicted lineup would be for either the first Test match of the Ashes or the World Test Championship. I imagine they're going to be pretty similar in the eyes of the Australian selectors, but let's hear with what you've gone with as your um, starting eleven. Yeah, I, I would go with with Bank, Bancroft and Kawaja, uh, then Labashan, Smith at four, Travis Head at five, Green at six, Kerry at seven, Cummins at eight, Stark at nine, um, the Gaz, the Goat at ten, and Hazelwood if he's fit as the number eleven, and then. Um, Scotty Bol- Scotty Boland as the twelfth man. Uh, if Hazelwood or Cummins or Stark aren't hundred percent fit, then Boland's in. And a bit of a dark horse for me as well. I wouldn't be surprised to see Spencer Johnson in the squad. The way he's been bowling for SA, and obviously I know we don't always compare the Big Bash to Test match cricket, but uh, he's been in absolutely sensational form for the Redbacks. So I wouldn't be surprised, especially being the seeming conditions suiting the fast bowlers and suiting the way he bowls over there. We've seen how well left-handers have bowled in the past, Cow. I wouldn't be surprised to see Spencer Johnson on a plane to England as well. There you go. That's my roughie. <laughs> well, Spencer Johnson, we love rooting for the South Australian boys. Um, yeah. yeah, he's on the Australian A tour to New Zealand. So they're going to play a yeah. couple of four-day games there. Um, yeah. And they're going to use a Duke's ball in New Zealand to try and replicate England Ooh. conditions as much as possible. So the players are involved in either the IPL or county cricket uh, will be going on that tour. I believe they selected a 14-man squad, which includes Peter Hanscom. So, um, some and you're 11? The... And what yeah, will be your 11? Yeah. Um, so I think they'll go with Warner. Not confident, but I think they'll go with Warner, but... If he wasn't picked, it would be either Renshaw or Bancroft. Uh, probably go with, with Bancroft um, if Warner doesn't get picked, um, just due to the way that Anderson and Broad bowl around the wicket to those left-handers. Um, and Joffre Archer as well, um, if he ends up playing some point in the series. Um, yeah, so Warner, Uzi, his opening partner, Marms at three, Smith at four, Head at five, going back down to the middle order. Uh, Cameron Green will be at six. Um, Kerry will be at seven. Um, I think that if he doesn't perform in, you know, similar to Warner in those first sort of three test matches, test championship, first test and second test at Lords, um, I feel like Josh Inglis could be really vying for that keeping spot. But um, as a South Australian, 
I'm backing Kezarin <laughs> to do well. Um, depending on the conditions, uh, would be a choice between Stark or Boland. Now, for the World Test Championship, I'd probably be going with Stark at the Oval due to that being a flatter wicket. Um, and Stark actually has a really good record at the Oval. Um, obviously, picking Cummins as the captain. If Hazelwood is fit, he immediately plays any test in England. Um, the way he bowled in 2019 was spectacular. Um, and Nathan Lyon would be um, my spinner in the team. Scott Boland, certainly around the mark. I expect him to probably play three of the five test matches during the Ashes. Um, we saw in 2019 that they were picking pace bowlers due to the conditions. So we saw players like James Pattinson and Peter Siddle getting played specifically at venues like Edgebaston, where you just get that nibble. Whereas those flatter wickets like Lords or Old Trafford, that's where you pick someone like Stark um, to play. So that would be my 11 and other members of the squad, I think would be Todd Murphy, Matthew Renshaw, Cam Bancroft, I wouldn't be going with Marcus Harris personally. Um, as I mentioned, Inglis, I think, would be vying for that second uh, keeping spot. Um, and I'd probably be picking Hanscom on that tour. Um, I like the idea of Spencer Johnson as well. Might just be a fraction too early for him, but um, there's lots of good paces. I would have loved for Jai Richardson to be fit and going on this tour, but yeah. he he won't be available. Um, so I assume they'll probably be taking Lance Morris. Um even yeah. though I'd probably like to see a little bit more from him either on an Australia A tour um, or in first-class cricket. Um, I feel like he's... Oh, and Nisa. Got to take Nisa. Um, yeah. With his with Nisa's batting, um, he could easily play. And I think he's been robbed of some opportunities to play a bit more test match cricket um, yeah. prior to Scott Boland making his famous debut at the MCG. <laughs> um, I think that... Um, Nisa should have played that game and obviously Scotty's proved me wrong but Bevo unfortunately we've run out of time so thank you so much for joining me um, on this episode of In the Cordon to talk about the Australian India Test Series the Border Gavaskar Trophy as well as previewing the World Test Championship and the Ashes um, such a pleasure to have you on the show mate and I'm sure we'll have many chats about the cricket going forward. Thanks so much, Cal. Really enjoyed it, mate. And uh, great job. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you so much to those of you who are watching the podcast at home or listening at home. Um, make sure that you subscribe to all of our social media pages for some amazing content in the future. And guest interviews will be starting very, very shortly. Take care, everyone. Cheers.